This is Working the Beat. I'm Kevin Cooney, along with Mike Kern. Glad you could join us. As National Sweatpants Month continues here, as everybody's still cooped up, hope you're healthy and safe wherever you may be. As we uh, talk to you a little bit about sports and life and a little bit of everything at this point. We're, uh, you know, we'll still focus mainly on sports, although we have... Uh, other issues, obviously, we'll talk about given what's been going on in the world. Uh, Mike Silski will join us from the Inquirer. Uh, he will talk. He's going to news for the time being, obviously, with no sports to cover. Uh, we'll talk to him about uh, sports topics, a little bit about the change to news and everything. So that'll come up uh, first in a few minutes. And then... Uh, part of the second half of our show we want to keep you informed and i know there's a lot of questions here of you know what's going on and 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 how to handle it and everything uh and i mentioned a couple weeks ago about bringing my wife on who works in the medical field uh my wife did better she brought her doctor on uh it's dr jill giordano farmer uh professor of neurology and the director of the parkinson's disease and movement disorder center uh program at tower health uh, but has a specialty in uh, public health. Her master's is in public health, so we'll get into um, some of the public health issues that are going on. Uh, you'll also be able to hear in a couple minutes, uh, well, in another episode, uh, just a fun interview we're going to have with uh, Keith Jones, the Flyers uh, color analyst who also works for NBC Sports, uh, NBC Sports and for uh, WIP. So, uh, Mr. Kern, with that lengthy introduction, how you doing? I was hey, I was in sweatpants all winter. So, you know, <laughs> retired life is retired life, um, semi-retired life, whatever the hell it is. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think the biggest problem in all this, Kevin, is you almost have to separate the health issue from all the other issues. And mm-hmm. this is what I think the president is trying to do, mm-hmm. uh, and the and the world around us is trying to do, but. From a health issue standpoint, just leaving that itself, the problem is when you throw out dates and you throw out, you know, two weeks ago or a week and a half ago or whatever it is, you know, it was like, oh, well, baseball will be, you know, May 1st. We're, we're looking at May 1st. You know, okay, okay, whatever. We understand now that those dates are not going to happen. Um, any dates we thought of mm-hmm. just are unrealistic. If you just take it from the standpoint of health Um, and if you open things up again or, you know, I just don't see how by Easter, like all of a sudden we're going to say, okay, we're we're sort of back to normal. Well, you know, especially when CDC people are telling you that that's and you look at what, you know, I mean, I just think that we, we have to look at this as a couple of month thing at the least which probably takes you out near Memorial day somewhere in there. Right. And I even think that that may be being optimistic. And I'm one of the people I would rather think on the pessimistic side. (coughs) And then if something good happens, I'm happy rather than think, Oh, I'm going to be back by whatever date you want to throw out there. And then you get to that date and it's, and, and and we're, we're, 
you know, everybody tells me we're entering the worst part now. Well, and it's funny because uh, this morning Mark Cuban is quoted um, with the television station in Dallas saying he's hoping for a mid-May return uh, of the NBA, which I think. And maybe, maybe it will. And he talked you know, about I'm, talking to some people at the CDC, uh, you know. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, which would be about six or seven weeks. Um, do I think that's now when he says return, does he mean games or does he mean going to practice? I think now I didn't read that far into it. I think he meant okay. games, uh, well then games without games, spectators, obviously. Okay. But if you're going to have games in the middle of May, then I'm assuming people would have to start practicing by May 1st, late April. Because yeah, and, that, and the CDC is has already talked about the fact that you know they don't want anybody. Um, yeah. we they don't want anybody getting together. I think it's May eighth is when the official yeah. sixty. But day what happens when the first security? Order. What happens if a security guard in Minnesota catches it? Positive? Yeah, you know you you um, need to make sure like and like how do you return the New York City at this point? Like ha- well, how? I mean, yeah, I mean that that's you know. You don't. That's why there's so many si- different issues in this because Oklahoma City isn't New York City. Yeah, and I'm not trying to minimize Oklahoma City. No, but it doesn't LA, have the same outbreak. At but this isn't point. LA the same way? LA's I mean, not as bad as I mean New York is just right now. And yeah, obviously, when you say not as bad, do you want to go to the Staples Center? Even Philadelphia, right? I mean, you know, we're we're one of the worst places, Jersey. Um, I mean, I just, that's what I don't understand. Is, well, it's the proximity if, in New York. It's the old what, cities that are built upon each other at this yeah, point. What if LeBron James comes back and pulls out his hamstring because he was only working out for two weeks? I mean, is the Players Association going to, like, sue? Is there, There's so many issues in all this. The right thing to do, and I understand why, you know, it's like Trump said the other night, you know, if you left it up to the doctors, they would just shut it down. Right. Okay. Because they're doctors. They're trying to save your life. They're trying to, you know, in a perfect world, we would shut it down for two months, three months, whatever. And, of course, people would get hurt. They, they, they Monetarily-wise, they would get hurt. We would all suffer the consequences. But we might knock down the number of people that get sick or the number of people that die or you know whatever i don't know the one thing that the one thing that's come up in all this and i think it's an interesting point and i'm going to ask dr farmer about it you know and and this is for us in the media and and i think it's for the public in general in a sense um we are bombarded right now with information on this um in, in a sense of you turn on a television you could be watching whatever ellen or whatever during the day and you have a public or, li- or listening to us or listening to us. But if you, if you're sitting at home and you're watching television, then there's a special report and there's a press conference coming on. And then there's, you know, maybe Trump's press conference and there's, and this is not just Trump. Then there's Wolf and there's, and there's Murphy and all of them. And, and they're all on. And I think there is a bit of it's strange. You have people who don't listen to this, obviously. Yeah, you know, the the picture of the spring breakers down in Florida and everything that's going on there, and people who have not listened to to the advice being told by public health and uh, public officials. And then there's also like the mental, like the, it's been just you had so much information, and I think it almost beat you down after a while. That it does, and, and, and I think. Where do we find the line here where the public's informed, 
but not panicky. I think that's where we, as a society, still are working on the the, There is no line. Some people are going to panic. Some people aren't going to listen enough. And you're going to get people who don't listen enough that will say the people who are listening too much are overreacting. There's still some of that. And, and, and like I said, until it impacts you, until somebody you know gets sick right. or dies or you got to go into quarantine, it, you, you can't. I'm just trying to look. I'm in a fortunate position. I can pretty much stay in my house. Yeah, except if I, if I go to the grocery store, I go to McDonald's drive through or, or walk the dog. Um, some people, you know, it's not as easy to do that. Yeah. Um, and there is a lot of monetary concerns in all this. And if this lasts a long time, and really, the, we'll probably be feeling the ramifications of this for a year yeah. or more. I'm even after we go back to sort of semi-normal life. Um, so yeah, Kevin, there's, there's, you know, people, um, it's easy for me to say, well, I'm doing this. The governor told me to do this. You should do this. Okay. okay. But you know, it's hard for me to 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 um, relate to New York City mm-hmm. when they say, "Well, we don't have enough ventilators." I'm like, "Okay, but I don't need a ventilator right now. I may need a ventilator two months from now. They might not have one." Like this whole thing with Hanuman Hospital, to me, is the stupidest thing in the world. They have a hospital that they could open, mm-hmm. and the guy's demanding a million dollar month rent. Yeah, are you serious? Yeah, that's why eminent domain I, was set up. Are you? Why I'm in a domain what, what is setup? this guy thinking? And I'm not saying a million dollars isn't important. I mean, he talks I'm, about it's a bargain. <laughs> but I'm guessing this guy is worth lots and lots of money. And that doesn't make it right that he should necessarily lose some of that money. But this is a national crisis. This is a, if, if Jim Kenny should go in there tomorrow or whatever, or, or council, whatever, and figure out a way to get this done. Um and, and and whatever I you know, right. but one of the problems I think is what you were saying about so much information. There's a, now the president. I'm not and like I said, I'm not trying to right. pick on him. He's in a tough spot. He didn't ask for this. There's been okay? conflicting information, right? But no, but he will say things, mm-hmm. and they're wrong. And, and I don't think he he might not mean to say it. Like 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 he came on last night saying something about the the um, influenza virus. Um, you know, uh, it's so much, and he'll say things, and then some doctor will come on and say, you're not right about this. Or he said something about, like, well, car accidents happen, so should we stop driving cars? Well, car accidents aren't aren't um, contagious. Right. I can't get a car accident from you. You know, and I understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to get the economy back on track because it's that was a fine line. Thing. It's a delicate bouncing act. Yeah. But I'll be, and we talked about this last night, Kevin. I don't even know if in America we should have an election in November. I, I mean, wow. I, I don't, we, maybe we have to see where we are in May or June. I can tell you what we shouldn't have. And we haven't talked about this yet politically. And I'm not getting into the politics of this, but the Democratic and Republican conventions right now. See ya. No. Oh, I think they're already talking about doing a Democratic viral. Con- well, there is, there doesn't have to be a Republican convention. I, I mean, that, that shouldn't even be, be a point that there, there's no need. He's running. He's the, he's the candidate. I mean, why would you gather people anywhere? To do that, except um, it's a TV show. Well, I I understand that, but but if you're making sacrifices and I'm making sacrifices, yeah, they and should everybody too. else is making, then they you have to, too. you know, um, it is what it is. And you feel bad you from you feel bad for Milwaukee and Charlotte, which are the two cities that would have hosted it. Um, well, then give it to them the next time, or yep. or I mean, you know, do I do I feel bad for for um, 
you know, if an all-star game gets canceled this year in the Los Angeles, the Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is it, is it not good? Yeah. But, but I mean, look at new, if I look at New York city right now, like everybody else should just say, stop. Like, you know, you, you look at that and you say, my God, this is, if you, if you looked at, if it was just New York city, the whole country would be mesmerized and stopped. And it's not just New York City. No. It's, and and that, that's the way I think we have to work at. Let me switch gears. We talked about cancellations, and uh, obviously the International Olympic Committee uh, postponed, not canceled, uh, the Tokyo Olympics until 2021. Um, after basically getting held to the fire, Canada said they weren't going. Australia said they weren't going. Germany, the U.S., a couple other countries. I think the only country that said they wanted the Olympics to continue uh, was Russia, which is interesting given that the Russians were pretty much banned from um, competing as a nation. They could have competed as individuals. Um, they had no choice on this, did they, Michael? I told you two weeks ago that they would have no, they, 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 I mean, I'm assuming by 2021 you can do it, but I don't know. Do you want people from Italy? Go- well, first of all, I don't even know if the athletes from Italy. Do you want people from India going to Japan? Do you want people from America going to Japan? I mean, let's be reasonable. I know there's, I know Comcast is going to get whacked and all this. And they'll probably raise your cable rates and whatever. The world, how can I put this? Everything, everything pales in comparison to beating this disease Mm -hmm. and if people don't get that or if they say i'm acting like a fool because i'm thinking that way and i can but that's just the way it is nba games aren't important nhl games aren't important a baseball season even if god forbid we didn't have one i'll live i'll have a baseball season next year we treat sports like like it's some God-given right that we, you know, oh, my God, they're not going to play the Masters till October or November. Woe is me. Really? I mean, I, I feel sorry for for, for the, the players, maybe, that, that, you know, can't do what they do or the fans who are looking forward to going to it. But you know what? There'll be a season next year or, or, or later this year or wh- whenever. I mean, you know, we, we didn't have a World Series in 94 because of a work stoppage. Do we ever look back and say, oh, my God, 1994? No. Life goes on. And, and your life, my life, your wife's life, your neighbor's. And I'm not saying we're all going to die but or, or we're all going to get sick. But some of us are. Mm-hmm. And that's to me, is more important. I, maybe I'm missing the point. No. I, I know if no, the, I don't the think economy you are. tanks, it'll take us a long time to get out of it. But we will, I'm guessing. You know, there'll be pain along the way and, and yeah, but that's what this is. And, and, you know, a month ago we were being told, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Well, and, yeah, all of a sudden it's a big deal. And, 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 you know, who I feel for, and it was funny. I, uh, I saw a story this morning when I woke up, I was flipping around and <clears throat> there's a, um, Jay Crawford. Remember him? He used to be on ESPN. Um, sure. His son is actually a pretty good long jumper. I think he was the big 10 champion at Rutgers. Um, about eight years ago, he tried to go to the Olympics in uh, 16 and didn't qualify. And he was in line to qualify now in 20. Well, you know, he doesn't have a job, you know, at this point. And he kind of said, okay, this was going to be his last go at it. 
he can't go next year because he says, I need to make money. I need to move on. I need to, you know, there are going to be people like that who you feel bad for, but there's no other option. You there's always people like that, Kevin. Right. There's always, I mean, whatever crisis you have, whether it's 9-11, whether it's um, a, a war, World War Two, yes, there, there's people that didn't survive 9-11. Right. You know, they ran into the tower. They were in the tower. Yes, it's tragic. And and he, but what's the alternative? There is no alternative. I mean, what, who I it's bad circumstance, for, that's all. What, what I feel sorry for, the, the people, look, I'm in a position, I will survive this. Mm-hmm. You probably will survive in terms of my, my monetary situation. If you're well, I feel for the people who are making 10 bucks an hour, who now might not be making 10 bucks an hour for the foreseeable future who might have a tough time paying their rent right. or, or putting food on the table or whatever it is, whatever, you know, um, or people who work in resorts, maybe who are like the hotel business. That, I mean, th- these things are going to almost die until yeah. they, until we can start to come back. But I mean, let me ask you a question. And I, I think I asked you like, so let's say for the sake of our, cause I was talking to somebody yesterday that said they think the college football season could even maybe be in jeopardy. Or, which I mean, then I would take that to mean all fall sports. Right. And you, you know, you got students who I, are coming, let's say athletes coming back to school in what, like July, you know, maybe to take right. summer courses. Maybe there's not going to be summer courses. Right. Are you going to play football on September <clears throat> 5th with maybe two weeks of practice? Um, are you going to be one of the people, the hundred thousand people who are going to show up at happy Valley? I don't want to be in happy Valley. If there's a hundred thousand people, in September, Sin, um, that's me sitting an inch away from each other. It, I'll, I'll, Mike, I'll give I'll give you this before we bring Mike on. Okay, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who has a friend who works in college sports. Okay, and we both know this friend, so I'm not gonna give right. names. His friend is saying that they are preparing for the fact that they may not have fall sports. Like they are right now, yeah. they are preparing right now. They have to. Kevin, you worked you worked in a school. You know right. all the intricacies that you know, I mean, you got kids coming out fresh, like seniors in high school, trying to get their financial aid packages, trying to get maybe maybe even picking classes. I don't know. I, and I'm, yeah, you I'm should guessing, it would be the start right now is the start of picking class window. Right. So I mean, you got all these things. I know you can do it virtually. I mean, online, I I I get all that. But I just, and I, and I was thinking, and naive as I am, oh, you know, by September it should be okay. And what bothers me a little bit is the way the NFL kind of has this cavalier attitude that they can just keep doing business as usual because they're the NFL. Well, it's funny because you mentioned that because I was just reading before I called you here. Uh, and we should point out, Mike is remote again uh, this week. Um, I'm a mile away. Yeah. Rem- yeah, we can literally scream to each other. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Um. We can meet the shop right, but that may With not be. With my voice, you would hear me. Um, Mickey Loomis, who is the general manager of the New Orleans Saints, has said that the NFL should cancel the NFL draft, which is the end of next month, with the idea that this is not a fantasy draft, that you have to be able to interview players, which they can't do at this yeah. point. You have to be able You're to You're investing work. a lot of money in these guys. Yeah, and... I, the implication is, you're do, you know, what are we doing here? And obviously, yeah. you know, the Saints with, with Sean Payton being diagnosed this week. Yeah. Um, well, they've canceled the um, the things that come after the draft, right? The OTAs. The OTAs have been called. They've been canceled, right? Yeah, and you can't, but you can't have, like, physicals done now at this point. 
Well, here's the other thing, Kevin. It's amazing let's how the say, physicals disappear when, when Tom Brady's thing got done. But go ahead. Right, but let's say the, the New York teams that can't go to their – like, it, it's kind of an unequal playing field. And the NFL yeah. has always said we're having an even playing field. I mean, I understand why the NFL is doing what it's doing because it's the NFL. And their, their attitude is, hey, by the time August rolls around, we're going to be fine. We're going to – they better start getting into the realization. If the Olympics were canceled and they're late July, you're supposed to be going to training camp at some point. And then you get to the issue of, will these players be ready to play football in September? Yeah. You know, given how they usually go through all this stuff to get ready. I'm not saying you should cancel the end. I don't, I'm not being that, you know, whack. but the same question about Happy Valley. Do you want to go to the link in early September with 68,000 of your closest friends and and all you need is one guy who's positive to maybe I, – I just – I don't have the answers, but it would seem to me that the NFL should be willing to say, let's – we'll slow down here a little bit. We'll, you know, but they're afraid, I think, if they push the draft back, that it's going to push everything else back. Mm-hmm. And they're targeting – they want to be playing football the first week of September, whenever they start playing. I don't know when exhibition games are. Yeah, it's whatever. like September 10th, actually. Right, and I just think that they're sending out a little bit of a bad message. You know, kind of like we saw in, in our town with our basketball team, which was, which was different. <laughs> which which I want to get into with Mr. Silski. So that'll be sure. our, to- our lead topic, and that's a good way to break it. Uh, we'll talk to Mike about the Sixer situation, where life's going, and where his life's going. He's going to news for a bit. Uh, so that's coming up as this edition of Work and Beat. It's our 51st. Our 50th is the Keith Jones piece, uh, and hope you're listening to both. Again, we got two this week because we know you're bored and – We hope that you are enjoying maybe a little bit of a distraction. But when we come back, it'll be Mike Selsky here on Mark and the Beat. Looking to reach the sports fans of Philadelphia in a brand new way? This is Kevin Cooney. Each week, the Work of the Beat podcast with Mike Kern and I brings the hottest topics into this sports crazed town with the people and the events that shape the landscape. Now, your business could connect with those people by advertising on the Work of the Beat podcast. Join us at 267-546-7277 or email us at workingthebeat at gmail.com to find out how you can reach out to this growing audience. It's the best sports talk in Philadelphia, and you can be a part of it. That's 267-546-7277 or workingthebeat at gmail.com to join the Work in the Beat podcast family. And joining us now, the fine award-winning sports columnist from the Philadelphia Inquirer, uh, who is going to be shifting the news for a little bit here during the coronavirus scare. It's Mike Silski. Mike, how are you? Hanging in there, Kev. Maintaining social distancing. How are you guys? Uh, We're maintaining social distancing, obviously, as well. And I think that's part of the reason we had a computer issue here the first time we brought you up. Um, (laughs) So, first of all, explain the beard, please. You're wearing the beard? Yeah, you have a beard now. Yeah, I, I have never grown uh, facial hair really of any kind in my life. And I'm taking as my inspiration um, Tom Hanks and Castaway. I am losing weight, <laughs> I'm gaining facial hair, and I'm talking to inanimate objects. So that's kind of the. Don't call Kern know. inanimate. Have, have you made a fire yet in your backyard? <laughs> Not yet, but I'm going to try uh, just to pass the time. Um, Speaking of uh, speaking of inanimate objects, let's talk about what the world of sports is right now, and, and let's start with the Sixers and Josh Harris this week. Reverse course eventually, but the announcement of 
cutting salaries of by twenty percent of fifty yeah, people making fifty thousand dollars or more, um, to me is one of the all time baffling PR moves in the history of the city, Mike. Uh, you know, why did the, why does this organization? And you had a great tweet about it yesterday. Uh, why does this organization keep stuttering upon itself on this type of stuff? Because their owner doesn't know um, or doesn't particularly care either um, what it takes to be a decent uh, pro sports franchise owner. Um, If I were still writing about sports, I'd have written that he should sell the team. Now, I know there are only so many people um, who have enough wealth and enough money to be able to buy an NBA franchise at this point. But Josh Harris has gotten out of the Sixers what he wanted to get out of it. He bought low. He could sell high. The value of that franchise has skyrocketed on his watch. And he's so bad at being an NBA owner, uh, and this example was only the latest, um, that he should just get out for his sake and for the the markets and the Delaware Valley's sake. Um, because you're right, Kevin, this was tone deaf. It was bad business. It was everything that a sports franchise owner shouldn't do. And yet he did it. And you see this time and time, have seen this time and time again from him, whether it's initially it's let's trade for Andrew Bynum. Then we'll start the process and hire Sam Hinkie. Then we'll ditch Sam Hinkie because we're getting complaints from other billionaires and people around the NBA. Then we'll accumulate assets, but then we'll sell off some of those assets to uh, acquire players and contracts that are completely immovable. Uh, it's, it's just one thing after another after another, another. The entire ownership and leadership philosophy seems to be Lick your finger, stick it in the air, and and act and react accordingly. And it's just it's awful. And I think you know what, man, you've made your billions of dollars out of this franchise. Take the money and go. Call Steve Ballmer to see if he has enough money and wants to own, you know, the Clippers on the West Coast and the Sixers on the East Coast. You know, you're not going to get a new arena in Jersey. It looks like you're still in the you know the Wells Fargo Center. So just go ahead, be gone. And we'll write you off as another Norman. So, so let me ask this. So Josh sits there, um, I don't know, Monday night, wh- whatever, and comes up with this, this you know, plan that he's going to save him, as, as Murph pointed out in his column, a million dollars or a million, whatever. Doesn't he run that by somebody and say, hey, guys, I'm thinking of doing this. Like, what do you think? And then obviously somebody, I'm guessing, would have said, no, 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 no. Call Sealski. He'll tell you why it's not. Good. But <laughs> well, It like, should have been Scott O'Neill. Right. But what I'm saying is, why do you do, don't you have to run this by people before you come out and say it? Before you look stupid? I, I don't, maybe it's me. But, I, but, Mike, he's got enough money that he doesn't care. Maybe he doesn't care whether he looks stupid. And it's okay. only when there's a backlash to it that really affects his bottom line that he does the right thing. Um, you know, Murph made the point in his column, this is what billionaires do. Yeah. And I would argue that, no, it's what a, a bad person or a bad owner does. Bill Gates hasn't done this. Mark Cuban hasn't done this. You know, Bomber hasn't. I mean, Bomber's buying Bomber buildings. I mean, my God, there was a there was a story on NJ.com about a pizza, uh, pizza shop owner in Belmar who took out a $50,000 line, of credit. line right. of credit so he can continue paying his employees. Wow. And it's not that hard to do the right thing. Thing, well, and he just cannot do it because all he's a, when it comes to making money, Josh Harris is a killer. This is what he wants to do. Yeah. And my argument would be, you've done it, man. You know, you're, you're Alexander the Great. Look around. There's no more worlds for you to conquer in Philadelphia. Yeah. Just sell the team and move on. 
And the other thing is then his center comes out and donates a half million dollars. Yeah, it makes him look ridiculous. It makes him look, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, you're around. I mean, I don't know Josh. I was on Daily News Live a couple of times with him. But I mean, I, but it just seems like exactly what you're saying. Well, and I, I think he's from... in it for Josh Harris. And I get it. Mark Cuban's in it for Mark Cuban. But at some point, he, he, he knows. If you're a billionaire and you're hurting, I don't know, 300 people's lives who really can't afford to have their life. How does that, how does that, like, how do you deal with that in your mind? I, but I guess I that's know, why Mike. he's Josh Harris. But, but yeah, I, 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 Mike. No, no, I was just going to say, I mean, my wife works for a small business, you know, and the business has had to cut back. Now, small business is a relative term. You know, the, the people who own her business, they themselves have an awful lot of money, but the business right now does not. And so they're having to cut back you know, hours and, you know, salary and all these sorts of things, because as wealthy as they are, mm -hmm. they can't fill that gap. Josh Harris has enough money to fill any gap he wants to freaking fill. And some of your gaps and some of, he could be Rocky in, and, right. and Adrian, you know, we I fill got, gaps. got gaps together. We fill gaps. I mean, he can fill any gap you want. He could open up on him in tomorrow today, right? Yeah, I probably he could. Give that guy the million dollars or whatever. Yep. Well, and Mike, this is the thing. Look, we both work for a newspaper that cut us 10% back during the Great Recession. Okay. Yep. I think you were still there at that point yep. before you went yep. to. You never get that back. You know. No, imagine imagine you're Brett Brown and you hear this, that your salary is going to get cut 20%. Yeah. And you're probably going to be fired at the end of the year. Yeah. Woj mentioned you know? that. Woj mentioned that the coaching staff was very hesitant to take it, given the fact that they weren't sure about their their status moving beyond this year hesitant i would have gone if i were brett brown i'd have gone up to josh harris's office and said fire me now if you're going to do this because this is ridiculous you it, know I, I it's just it's awful on every level stupid on every level and mike the, the one thing i point out we all know how the sports business works and if this is still lasting five months six months seven months down the road okay and there's no income coming in and there's no certainty when stuff is going to resume and all that you can understand it a little better it's two weeks. Your season has not been canceled. I just don't get what they felt the benefit of this was. And again, this is where I blame Scott O'Neill. This is what Scott O'Neill is supposed to do. Scott O'Neill's background is in business and in PR. And you have to go to your owner, who is an awkward figure to begin with. We both agree that Josh is not good in front of press conferences, not good really in handling the day-to-day minutia of an NBA team, as you mentioned, Mike. You got to go, if you're Scott O'Neill, and go, we can't do this. And they still did it. You know, it's just remarkable to me that two franchises, the, the Devils obviously were impacted too, were so eager to jump to the front of the line on this. It's it's baffling. Well, maybe they were, I mean, maybe they were thinking, if we float this idea, we'll see how much of a backlash there is to it. And from what I, I spoke this morning with Keith Pompey, our, our Sixers beat writer at the Inquirer, and from what he's found out, it was totally a Josh Harris, David Blitzer idea. You know, Michael Rubin, one of the minority owners, right. didn't know about this. Initially. Who owns Fanatics, we should point out. Yes. Um, you know, didn't know about this initially. So, you know, how much impact can Scott O'Neill have if Josh Harris has his mindset on doing this? I mean, I'm not the world's biggest Scott O'Neill fan, but I'm... I, I don't know how much you can blame him. Somebody at some point should have said to Harris, look, this is this is bad. This looks bad. This is bad. It's bad every way something can be bad. 
Um, but the Sixers get stuff like this wrong all the time. They do it all the time. They don't have a sense of right from the, the confetti. Market. Yeah, they don't have a sense of the market and and the Delaware Valley at all, and they don't seem to care to. They figure, and it's a it's a fair bet. It's a it's a pretty good bet that as long as they produce an interesting and competitive NBA team, people will come. And you know that's true for a while, but you know there was a time in this town not too long ago, within the generation, where the Eagles were you know in danger of getting playoff games blacked out because the perception of them was that they were incompetent and mm-hmm. that they didn't give a hoot about yeah. the fans and the city and things like that. And while on the one hand, I understand and appreciate any team that's going to say, you know what, we've got to blaze a new trail. You know, that's why I was supportive of what the direction that Matt Klentak and, and John Middleton wanted to take the Phillies initially. That's why I was supportive of Hinky in the process. That's why I kept banging the drum for the Flyers to change their culture. You know, you can cling to the past too much, but you do have to have an understanding of who your customers and fans are. And as long as you do, then you can do the right thing in the right way. And the Sixers never do anything in the right way. Yeah, you can't be ruled by the fans, but you can't totally slight them. And they, there's been too many cases where they have done things to this fan base where the fan base basically has been told to stick it. And this was one of them. The season ticket increase that that happened right before all this happened uh, was another. And you know what? Attitude with the process was yeah. that way. I mean, yeah. I, I I supported the process. I thought it was the right thing to do. But if you talked to anybody, and, and I'm you're going to laugh at this, but it's true. If you talked to anybody in that organization, other than Sam Hinkie, who would make Hinkie made it clear every time he brought it up. Look, this is going to be hard. It it may not work. But if you talk to O'Neal, if you ask the owners about it, you talk to anybody within that organization, there was this presumption, uh, th- this assumption that they were the most brilliant organization in the history of organizations and that all this was going to be great at the end. And they throw a pep rally after they finish 10-72 and 72 and get the number one pick in the draft as if that were something to celebrate. It wasn't something to celebrate. It was something to be withstood and survived. And there's a difference there, and they have never acted like they understood that or anything else. And you know what the bottom line is? They can raise ticket prices. They can raise the price of your soda in there. They can raise the price of your jersey. And people are still going to do it because that's what fans do. Yep. And when you're winning, fans don't care. But And they'll, and they'll say things, and, they'll, and when they'll raise ticket prices, people will bitch. Somebody will say, and they'll still have 20,000 people down there because this is what fans do. The only right fans have is to not go. But fans never do that. The only time they don't go is when the team stinks. You know, and then you see attendance fall off and and, and everything. And as soon as the team gets good again, they're right back where they started from. The, the people go, they pay the money, and so you know what? My take is don't complain. Mike, let me you get know, if, if if that but if that's what you're going to do, right. I don't go to games. I haven't went to games for years and years and years, but that's me. Okay, I watch, I got Comcast, I pay them whatever I pay them a month. But I'm saying, as long as fans are going to say, yeah, $300 for a ticket, I'm in. Why should Josh Harris, like, worry about looking bad? <laughs> like Mike said, the price of his thing, he's, yeah. he's gotten exactly out of this, what, what he got into it for. Yeah, the only thing he hasn't gotten is the new arena. And that's, in this economic climate, not going to happen at this point. Right. I mean, so, you know, right. Uh, and political climate, we should point out, with Jersey and everything. Um, exactly. 
Mike, where do you see the Sixers at this point? You know, whenever, if they do resume this season, which I, I guess let's start with there. Do you think eventually we are going to see a resumption of both the N- NBA and NHL seasons? I would be surprised at this point. Um, and I'm not basing that on anything other than the way schools, the school year has continued to be pushed back, um, you know, and the hesitancy that I think will exist to put people in groups, no matter how big the group is, no matter how big the arena is, and then having those people move around the country. You know, I, I, it doesn't matter if you if there are 20,000 people in the arena or not. If the Utah Jazz are playing in Denver one night and L.A. the next night or whatever the case may be, they're moving around and they're going to, you know, you're, you're creating risk, I think. I think that's, that's unless something changes in the way we're able to contain this and treat this, I would be surprised if the season resumed. To answer your question, if they did resume the season, who the heck knows, Kev? I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what play, can players do anything to stay in shape? Um, you know, are they able to work out and, and self quarantine if need be, or work out in their homes is Joel Embiid sucking down Shirley temples again? I, I don't know. And so I, I don't know that anybody, I mean, I would bet on the, the good teams staying good that the bucks and the Lakers, if they were to resume, we were to resume games would still be the best teams in the NBA, but I don't know. Do you think Brett Brown, it, let's say the season does get suspended or canceled at this point. Is that enough to bring Brett Brown back? No, I don't think so. I think if the season is canceled, that that's that's the end for Brett. Um, I think I, this is just me personally. I think right. the only way, the only move they have, the, the only way Brett would keep his job is if he got the team to the Eastern Conference Finals and either beyond or lost in an incredibly good series to whoever Milwaukee, they were playing right. in that situation, Milwaukee, Toronto, whatever the case may be. Um, and, and part of me thinks I have no basis to say this other than my own speculation and, and history. Part of me thinks that like they would, they even if he did a even if the season resumed and he did a great job, they might want to move on from him just for the sake of moving on because it keeps things interesting. You know that's kind of how they look at this. I think is you know hey we embarked on this new experiment the process and it's, it'll help us make money and it'll freshen things up and they love when Joe Allen B goes on social media and. Um, you know, says some wacky, crazy stuff. They don't love it when he, you know, makes the owner look like an idiot by doing a generous thing. But, you know, they love all that. They will, they want to stay relevant. And I think, you know, moving on from Brett would probably be a good way to do that. Mike, Mike uh-huh. what, what do you think, switching gears a little bit, the whole way the NFL is kind of handling itself, because I just get the feeling it's coming off a little bit anyway, like they're above everything because they're the NFL. And this whole thing with the draft and, 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 you know, there's so much uncertainty right now, and it's not really an equal playing field because the teams in New York aren't operating under the same things as the teams in Kansas City, let's say. But do you, do you get that? I, I just get the impression from, like, Roger Goodell. It's like, well, where are the NFL? And I should point you out know? the mic because Mike uh, Silski didn't hear this before. Mickey Loomis said this morning he thinks the NFL draft should be canceled or postponed, rather, okay. uh, because he says it's not fancy football, that we should have an idea who we're drafting. And, you know, you can't have that at this point. Um, I'm of two minds about this. Number one, I think that it hasn't been the worst thing for the NFL to try to maintain as much normalcy as it can. Um, I think the fact that free agency has gone forward and that it's provided, at least for those people who love sports, at least a little bit of a distraction and something to think about and talk about other than 
coronavirus, I think is a pretty good thing. Um, however, I think that adjustments are going to have to be made. And I think Loomis makes a good point, which is it's, he's right. It's not fantasy football. I mean, you can try to hold the draft and boy, you know, in a way I'd be curious to see how it all turns out. Um, you know, if you didn't have a chance to meet with these players, if you just drafted them on stats and reputation and phone calls based on, you know, talking to their well, beat him, beat him, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, McShay draft. Yeah, it really which would. Not, which might be fun. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, look, think about it. I mean, 21 years ago, 22 years ago, all these teams had a chance to talk to Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf and they still, you know, it was still up in the air as to which one they should draft. I mean, I mean, come on. If you spend five minutes talking with either of those guys at that point, you know who you should draft. But, um, you know, I, I'd be curious to see it, but I can understand where Loomis is coming from, and it may come to that, where you're not going to be able to gather people together to be able to – because, the again, these draft picks are going to be moving around. That's the whole danger with this virus is that everybody's supposed to bunker down and stay put. You know, you should you shouldn't go to the supermarket, but once a week, if that, and you know, wipe off everything. And and the idea of having all these people move around, unless we have made real progress in containing this thing, I don't see how, you know, you're going to be able to do that. You um, all right. So you don't think there's an NBA or an NHL season? I assume you don't think that the, that Major League Baseball starting maybe this year I, either. I I think. I think there's a better chance that they will play games, regular season games before July 1st season is so long. Yeah. Because the season is so long. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not a, um, you're I'm not Nostradamus. I know. Yeah. I'm not a scientist. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I wish I did. I mean, I, I have thought about going down to Mount Airy tomorrow to do a, an in-person interview and then rethought it. And then the person I was going to interview rethought it. And we both decided we would use zoom to do it. Um, because you just, who wants to be the guy who takes that chance and who wants to be, who wants to have everybody know that you're the person taking that chance? You know what I mean? Like that's kind of where we're at in this society right now is, well, you know, unless you're a complete jerk and you're going to spring break on in Florida or you're a senior citizen who just says, I don't care. I'm going to go out and shop and do what I do. Or the like, Lieutenant governor of Texas, but that's a whole different story. Or, or that guy, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we're all of, a, of the same sort of mindset, which is, we want to keep everybody safe. We don't want to put anybody at risk. So how do you try to live your life within those parameters? Can you then, if this is the case, you know, for the NBA, the NBA is going to survive one way or another. A team, uh, you know, franchises in the NHL need that that playoff revenue more than any other f- organization in sports. Um, how seriously damages the economics of these games if there's no finish to this season if baseball doesn't get going, all of it. Oh, and it, it really hurts the NHL. I mean, that, that playoff gate revenue is huge to that league. And to give you an indication of how Mickey Mouse a league that is, it is only this week that the Flyers have told the people who cover that team that they're going to be able, that the, the team will set up interviews with, you know, Claude Giroux and Jake Voracek and Kevin Hayes, you know, even by phone. They were kind of under an edict from the league not to do that. And that is ridiculous. The NHL needs to stay relevant. Yeah, It needs to stay at the forefront of as many people's minds as it can. And that playoff gate revenue has major, major financial implications, not only for the league, but for the players themselves, you know, the money they have in escrow. Um, it's it's bad. And they're it's approaching, they're approaching the CBA too, right? Yep. Yeah, they are. So this, this is, it's bad all around, guys. And, you know, that's, 
that's the hard thing. I mean, at some point, we're going to have to make this transition, this soft transition, back to something approaching a normal way of doing things. Easter. Yeah. <laughs> it would be nice if that were true. If, if of it course would, it know, would. It's funny. That's why he said it. It's because yeah. it would be nice. It's funny because yeah. as you were. Fourth of July would, would have been a better thing yeah. to throw out or Memorial Day or something. I don't yeah. know. I, I, as you guys were mentioning this, there was a alert that came across my phone. Philadelphia Archdiocese scraps all public Holy Week and Easter Sunday masses. So well, I guess it's not going to be Easter then. It's we not going to be Easter. Ar- we can shoot for Arbor Day. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> there will be Easter next year. We'll, we'll, right. we'll, we'll survive that. Like, I understand to some people when you miss something. Like, it's funny. My birthday and my wife's birthday are in April. And my son said, so I'm not dad. He's just know, looking for gifts, Silski. If, if we'll be able to celebrate your birthday. I said, Stephen, it's okay. Yeah. It, you know, if we celebrate it in August or if we celebrate it, it's okay. It's it's this notion that the world can't go on without the masters. No, <laughs> it's the, what the world can't go on with is, is people going out on beaches in Florida and, you know, telling us to go screw ourselves basically, because we're going to do what we do. And that, that's, you know, Kevin and I might, before you came on, we were even talking, we've talked to some people in colleges. We're not even certain at this point, there's going to be a college football season or, right. or any sport in the fall. I'm, I, I say football, but you know, which I had never thought was possible really when this yeah. all started. No, I mean, I, I agree with you a hundred percent, Mike. And that's, that's kind of how I'm, I'm trying to look at it. And I, you know, my family's trying to look at it. Yeah. You know, my wife and I have two sons who are in third grade and kindergarten and yeah, it's a challenge to, and, and God bless Kate for doing this. She's dealing with, you know, homeschooling them every day and trying to do as much as they can. But our situation is not nearly as bad as a lot of people's. You know? That's exactly the way I feel. Yeah. And imagine you're a senior in high school and you're not, you know, what does this mean for college? Imagine you're a junior in high school. What does this mean for the SATs right. and moving on? Imagine you're somebody with much less financial means. You know, that's, that's one way to keep perspective on it. And I think the other way, which is the more fun, optimistic way is... Um, I, I take a walk, Kate and I, and the boys take a walk every day and we see our neighbors and we walk around and we talk. And the thing everybody says is, boy, when this is finally over, are we going to have the biggest block party in the history of block parties? Exactly. Like, and, and I don't mean that to be like, yeah, let's party. I mean to like actually interact with your friends and your family and appreciate all the things that you took for granted in your day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. Just have a beer with your next-door neighbor. But when here's my only thing. When are we going to feel comfortable enough to do that? Because to me, it's a process. Even when they say at some point, okay, the worst is over. We we we're, but but there's still you know we still have to be careful. You know, yeah. I think people are going to want to jump in the pool then, and I understand that. Yeah, when, when maybe no. it's almost yeah. like. It, it's funny you're saying that. My, my wife and I had the exact same discussion last night, and and she made the point, like, won't people be so over the moon that they won't take the t- proper precautions mm-hmm. and we'll be right back to where we were, yeah. um, even if we have testing, even we have, you know, some semblance of a cure. And you're right, it's going to have to be gradual. You know, the more we find out, the more we say, okay, you know, this area of suburban Philadelphia or the middle of Maryland or whatever there aren't any cases here. So this area can kind of sort of, we hope, get back to normal, but make sure you do X, Y, and Z. Meanwhile, unfortunately, in New York or Louisiana or California or whatever the case may, you know, place may be. Washington. 
Washington, you're going to have to deal with it a little bit longer. And that it'll be tricky, but, you know, can it be harder to do that than it is just to stay in your house for a two to three week period? I don't know. Well, and Mike, or I asked Kevin this. So let's say September 5th, somebody's going to give you a couple tickets to go to the Penn State game, whoever the heck they're playing. There's going to be 110,000. And I don't know if you're a Penn State, but, you know, put it there. Would you, like, I don't think I, if somebody said to me, here, go to the link for the Eagles opener, I don't think I want to go. I mean, as we sit here today. As a fan. As a fan. Yeah, I don't know that I would go as a fan either. I would go, if they're holding a game and I have to cover it, I'm going to go Oh, that's different. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, but if if I get, I, I, I would have to know what the circumstances were. Yeah. You know, I would have to know where the game is, what's the situation in that area of the country, have I encountered anyone who had tested positive for coronavirus? Um, would, you and, and like would, you, would you tailgate? Would you tailgate? I'd stay in my car and, and, and drink my beer and, and be content. <laughs> you, you'd awesome while, in other words. You know? I, would, I, I would eat my lunch and drink my beer in my car. I would, I would, car. If, hey, uh, if Kerry Washington's going to be there with me, I'm down for it. Uh, when you look, it's funny because you and I were at the last Flyers game. I was there as a fan. You were there as, as a reporter. And you wrote a great column that day basically saying there were people who were saying we're going to go get, live our lives and everything. And, you know, obviously 24 hours later, Gobert gets sick and we, you know, it all kind of goes the hell after that. Um, looking back at it now, did we respond too softly to it at that point? I mean, you can always play that game. And the point I wanted to make in that column, you know, it was amazing to me. Like I kept revising that column over the course of Wednesday. The game was a Tuesday night, and then I kept revising it over Wednesday because everything changed so quickly. Mm-hmm. And unless you were sounding the bell before then, in, in almost kind of an alarmist kind of way, I think, kind of felt that way. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I human nature is what human nature is. And so until Gobert and Tom Hanks, I would maintain, tested positive, people didn't really have an appreciation for how serious this thing was. Um, and the atmosphere that night in that arena at the was awesome. Fargo Center was it was normal. It yeah. was what you would have expected for a big game for mm-hmm. the Flyers. They had won nine games in a row, and they were playing the best team in the league. And and there were twenty thousand people there. It was standing room only, and everybody was kind of like, you know what? A, I'm going to live my life. B, the Flyers haven't been this good in five or six years, and see what the hell. And then by but by Wednesday night when the Sixers were playing. It was totally different that that arena was not fully full mm-hmm. and you know, the, the season got canceled that night and Gobert test positive and everything was different within less than 24 hours. So, I mean, I, I, I'm not one to say, I, I have a hard time predicting what's going to happen in, in, in life. Right. I try to take it day by day. And so I, I know there were people who said, you know, ahead of that flyers game, everything should be shut down. Um, and, and well, you know, and we should were, point out smarter about it than I was. We should point out the city had issued. That was the first time the city had issued an order for people to avoid crowds. I think it was over 500 was the, was yeah. the, or, or over actually maybe it was like a thousand or something. And, and so like, there was a legitimate question, you know, Hey, then why aren't you shutting this down at this point? Uh, you know, yeah, and I don't, I don't blame people for that. Like this, this, to me, this takes us in a whole deep, long discussion about the lack of trust Mm-hmm. and belief in our institutions in American society now, whether it's the church, whether it's politics, media, city government, the media, 
people don't believe in their institutions anymore. And so when the city says, don't gather in a group of more than 500 people, there are, most people are going to say, forget it. I'm not listening to you. And there's enough cause for them to say, to say that with credibility because they've been screwed over so many times. I mean, how many times do you have to hear, you know, if you like your plan, you can keep your plan. Uh, there are weapons of mass destruction. Oh, you can't buy soda and the money's good because we need that money to go to our educational system. Like they get told, they've been told a bunch of stuff. By both sides, again, we should point out. By both sides. And it's never true. Mm -hmm. So why would they, why would they believe this edict? Here's the, here's the problem with living your life. You don't live your life in a vacuum. Right. Not that's today. Right. Not, not anymore. Not with this thing. You're right. And right. that changes everything. They had something on the TV last night. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but it was a health person. So I'm assuming it probably was close to being right. Where like if one person infects somebody, it turns into like within two weeks, like I'm going to get the number wrong, but like a big number of people that you've infected. Yeah. That's the, so to, to sit there and basically like I saw the people in Florida, they look, they're 20 years old, whatever. They don't know any better. When I was 20 years old, I probably would have said that, or I might've said the same thing. I don't know, but they don't know what the, you know, because they're there, they're on the beach, they're having a good time. And you know, they're not looking. And like Mike said, and you said, Kevin, you don't believe in your institutions anymore. So when people are telling you things, it's like, ah, oh, really like that guy again, you know, but it's, yeah. it's, it's great. I can live my life all I want. But once I start crapping on your lives, well, then I can't. Right. And then it's too late at that point. So, yeah, you know, um, you're going in the news and obviously, you know, I know you're going to be working for the upside, which is a great thing that the Enquirer is doing now, which focuses in on more personality, more positive ends of things. Um, you've done news stories in the past. I mean, you've done everything that. I always felt, I always held this belief that it's easier for sports people to go to news than news people to go to sports because of the just basic, a story is a story is a story. But if you don't have like the sports background, like it's tough for a news person to come over to sports if they don't like sports. Like we all love sports. I think, I think the thing that makes it challenging too to make the transition from news to sports, from a non-sports writing job to a sports writing job is the simple mechanics of it. Deadlines are tighter. There is a much greater demand nowadays for content. Um, the slightest thing in sports now is a story. Um, you know, the Eagles make an offer to sign a free agent. That is a story and you have to write it and you have to get it, you know, get it on the site as quickly as you can. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm embracing the transition. I'm, I'm looking forward to diving into it. Um, you know, but I think it will be easier for me than it would be for somebody to do the reverse. Um, because, the just the whole ethic and dynamics of the two are separate and distinct. And I do think that in a number of ways, sports is more demanding. I mean, it's the old joke, right? The, the entire newsroom gets pizza on election night. Mm -hmm. And if you held sports to that same standard, we'd all be 500 pounds because we'd eat pizza every single night. Because what we do every single night to get a section out or to keep the site updated is what the news side people are doing on election night once a year. So, and that's true. And it's a cliche and nobody likes to hear it but it's the absolute truth. And so, you know, we'll see how it goes, but I'm looking forward to it. Colonel. Look forward to reading it. I, uh, I just think we're going to be reading it for a while. 
because I don't think, you know, this is going away anytime. I don't know when the worst is, what the worst is. I have no idea. But I, I don't think we're really going to be covering sports, let's say, until close to the fall. Maybe I mean, late summer. Maybe you may late. you may very well be right there, Michael. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I'll say this. I kidded with uh, my bosses, Pat McClune and Gary Petoskey and Shamar Woods yesterday. Uh, I sent them a note, you know, hey, it's it's great that we move some of these people out of sports because, wink, wink, things sure have slowed down in the Philadelphia sports scene since coronavirus hit. You know, I mean, the Eagles have been signing players. None of them as wide receivers, been, but that's a whole different story. No, but the, the Sixers have been mucking things up. You know, there's, there's, you know, college basketball seasons being canceled. There's now maybe that slows down, but my feeling is in Philadelphia, there's always going to be a sports story to fill the void. We're getting back to gaps and filling gaps. Philadelphia sports fills gaps and it always will. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't even heard much about the Phillies. Right. When that gets closer to maybe at least becoming maybe a reality, where do you see that? Once you get once you get closure, I think on the NHL and the NBA, then obviously most of the attention will go. Yeah, to I think Phillies. you're right. Mike Zelsky yeah. from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Hey, buddy, be safe. Uh, best of the family. You uh, guys, uh, you know, have some good have some good walks up there with your family. Yeah, and, and, we will. We, the, the walks have been awesome. It's, and, it's really been great. Like it's you know it's 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 not been. I mean, the situation is not good, but there are benefits to it. So we're trying and, to find and. It. You're going to keep us all updated on the beard, right? Are you literally keeping this until this is all over, or is this a? Like- I'm going to keep it until it reaches the point where I'm unaware that there's this much hair on my face. I haven't reached that point yet. Like I've I done- keep, it's like it's like when I put my wedding ring when I first got married and put my wedding ring on. I keep playing with it and I keep touching my face, which I'm not supposed to do, obviously. No, but um, I'm not there yet. You know, who you're going to become. Mike Greenberg. Uh, don't don't go there. That's how he started. It was yeah, I guess. Your fascination with that show and that guy, Mike, is unbelievable for somebody who's not talented. <laughs> what else are you watching at 8 o'clock in the morning, Again, Kevin? news. Anyway, right. thanks, Mike. I I'll talk to you. I watch so much yep. news. I'll see you, Mike. Mike Silski. Mike Silski joined us. Um, you know, he's right. I mean, he... he, he the Josh Harris stuff, you know, you, you think of it, and he's right. I mean, there's there's not been a lot that Josh Harris has done. He's owned the team now, I think, eight years, and he's not done a lot where you could say, "Wow, that was a really good move." Doesn't you know? matter. He's made it. He's made himself a trillion dollars. What the whole point of Josh Harris buying the team was to make a trillion dollars. He did that. Yeah. So it, it, he would look at you and say, "Really, Kevin? So I'm so bad." You know, we've got a team that's won 50 games the last two years. Is going to win 50 this year. Um, who knows what we would do if our team was healthy? And that, that's how they're going. I mean, they should have probably, and I know I'm probably going to regret saying this, never hired Elton Brand. I mean, I remember we had a guest on before talking Sixers. I can't remember who it was, who basically said they hired Elton Brand because no real GM would take the job. Um, it was Johnson. It was John, did. I think. Yeah. Talked and, about um, how they were all announced. They were – they were a very right. insular community. Yeah. Right. So, but he's going to do what he's going to do. And this just showed, I mean, this is so stupid on so many levels. Even if they'd done it three months from now, you, you just don't, when you're worth that much money, 
you don't do something that makes you look like a monetary miser, a Scrooge, whatever, mm -hmm. however you want it. Even if it costs you a million dollars or a million and a half dollars, yes, that's a lot of money to us. To him, it's not. And the PR, but he doesn't care about the PR hit. And eventually, you'll care about what happens on the court more so than his PR hit. You know, people, it's just, uh, I mean, he'll be a punchline, but if the Sixers are winning a championship two years from now, or nobody will care. You know, nobody will care. We it's, should we should point out for those of you uh, we have mentioned in our opening about uh, Dr. Joel uh, Giordano Farmer joining us. We've had some technical issues, so uh, we her and her schedule obviously a um, little more important than us. A little more important than us. So we'll, yeah. we will get her on at some point next week uh, to talk about what our our next showings uh, to talk about what's going on. Uh, in the term of public health and all that, we're going to try to open this up. Obviously, if we talk sports, just sports topics here, uh, we're going to lose our, 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 our minds because there's nothing going on here. Um, so we're kind of trying to keep it a little light, keep it informative, try to keep it a little bit fun here. So that's, I wanted to give you that update. So if you heard the opening and went, Oh, Dr. Farmer is going to be, no, it's going to be another time. Um, you know, it was funny. I, I I was seeing there there was a report this morning also um, on Wednesday morning as we're recording this. Uh, the U.S. Open um, construction at, at Wingfoot has has stopped uh, on some of the stuff there because of the restrictions, obviously in New York State, and obviously with that being a hot spot. Um, you know golf better than just about any, better than anybody I know. How would a major schedule if this is just postponed? like the PGA is, like the Masters has been. And I would assume the British would follow it fairly quickly. I don't know what the situation is in Britain, so I can't. Well, I mean, they're in a three-week lockdown right now, so. Yeah, and their course is on the southern coast of um, of Britain this year. Yeah, I, yeah, I have no idea. Uh, how, would, uh, how would a major schedule in the fall look? Well, first of all, a, a, at least an encouraging piece of news is New Rochelle, which is like four miles from Wingfoot, yeah, and was really like almost. Apparently, they're doing better in New Rochelle now, according to some a couple of reports. So, you know, I'm I'm not saying. I mean, any any news is good news along those kind of lines. I just don't, Kevin. The biggest problem is well, there's a lot of problems. The infrastructure at a tournament, you know, takes a lot of time to put together. Uh, there's a lot of people involved with it, um, so that so that now if you're not going to have fans there, could be a different story, um, and I don't know where we might be in the fall. But now you're looking at fitting the PGA, the Masters, and the U.S. Open somewhere into a schedule that ends with the Tour Championship in I'd like September the first. So to play it in this year's season which I don't know, you do, you will have an open week because the, there's not going to be Olympics. Right. So there are weeks, but, but, but who knows by the end of July, if you want to do that, um, that's the problem is, and I don't think you're going to bump, like you're not going to go up to the Pensacola open if they have like an October date, let's say, mm -hmm. and say, we're getting, we're going to give the masters this week. We're going to screw you. Um, that ain't really kind of kosher. I don't know if it's kosher to play both the same. Well, you couldn't play both the same week because the same players would be playing in both or a lot of the same players. Yeah, there, there's questions. That's why I'm almost at the point where 
you just say no. Like, no. Like, it's done. You know, we missed the players' championship. We're not going to replay that. We're, we're, we're not going back. But, you know, you're tied into, like, the economy of Augusta. What they Now, would people still go to Augusta in October, let's say? Just like it was a regular April? I, and what would that mean for their economy? I don't have those answers. I think it's very complicated. Will I, as a golf fan, if they hold the PGA, I don't know, pick a date, the middle of September, well, and there's much. I mean, I guess I will. And, it's but Mike, and, and you still have the Ryder Cup in here too, which could get postponed a year as well. Could uh, I mean, the one thing it, the schedule did open up in a sense of you don't have to worry about people going to the Olympics now. Um, if you want to fit, week, some, yeah, mean, but if you want to fit something in late August could, or so, you could. But do I that. don't. Th- but let me ask you a question: If you're canceling the Olympics, why are you playing the Masters? Well, you you won't play the Masters that we could beat the PGA, P- PGA or the U.S. Open. Yeah, yeah I mean if you're Again, we get back to that. If you're going to cancel, okay, cancel. You know, um, and I understand people are doing their best to try to keep hope that we can do these things. But, like, there's a schedule in place, I believe. I could be wrong about this. Like, I I think that's your schedule. Maybe it isn't. It might not be totally done yet. But, like, they're going to start as soon as this this season ends. They take, like, a two-week break or something. And maybe because of the Ryder Cup, it's even longer. But they start playing tournaments account towards next year's season with money and all that kind of thing. I mean, qualifying for the Masters have, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, would you, if the Masters took place in October, would it count towards next season? I mean, would you have well, two Masters in the same season? And Mike, part of this is also the fact that we, and we've said this in the past, part of the reason they pushed the schedule up to push the tour championship up to, to August and everything. Was to avoid the NFL, avoid the NFL, and avoid in certain parts of the country college football, and right, you know. But we're assuming there's going to be an NFL. See, we're assuming a lot of things, Kevin, because we're assuming that this is going to be over, because that's what we do. We're okay. We're going to go through this hard time, and we're going to come out of it, and we will come out of it at some point, and we'll we'll probably be a better world for it. I'm guessing, but I think people are putting timelines on it that that may turn out to be correct, but they may not. And and, mm-hmm. and once you're off a little bit, and if you go back, once you go back, if you have to stop it again, think about the impact that has on people. If you say, yeah, we're playing the Masters next week, and then on Wednesday, Tiger Woods tests positive, or, or yeah, whatever. So, hey, uh, can you, like, then it's like, you know, or like an NFL guy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Dak Prescott tests positive on September the 3rd. I, you know, and I don't know if we're ever going to be totally past that for a while. You know, we may be past what we're dealing with now. Um, You know, it's it's just my thought. I mean, I, it, it, it's, it, it that, and that's why I almost, I almost wish like the NFL and NBA would just kind of come out and say, we're done. Now I realize they can't do that. You, you can't from a financial standpoint. You have to hold out hope that you can play those playoff games and make that revenue and all that. But I got a feeling they're going to be playing them in front of empty arenas. Oh, so I, I they, would they still make the same amount of revenue? You know, if you're telling me the yeah. NHL is dependent upon that and nobody's showing up to watch and you're only going on TV, what does that? I don't know. You know? Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, think about Comcast. How much money Comcast is losing. Now, they might make it back next year, 
you know, I, I don't know that, but I mean, you're talking money that we can't, it's, you know, it's Josh Harris money right. or beyond. Um, and these are all questions. And this is why I go back to the point of the only questions for me at the moment are getting people, getting this done, getting this health, doing getting people healthy. That we have to do right. The sports and I'm as much of a sports guy as anybody, but the sports are secondary, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if God forbid some guy missed the Olympics, this year that may never get that chance again. Yeah, I'd feel for my if it was my son, I'd feel for him. But is if the alternative is that he gets sick and dies or gets sick and has to be hospitalized. That's not a real alternative. Yeah. I, I don't think so. And, and that's why I is I'm not a Trump guy, but I feel for the guy because he's in a bad spot because he's being tugged at by two distinct things here. And I think his 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 upbringing is that you go with the business of it. You know, if we come at this with our business, if it, it, it'll over, it'll over, it'll make up for the, for the health issues. Yeah. You know, we'll lose a few people. We might lose a few people anyway. And I don't mean few. I don't mean to say a few. I, I'm, I, it's not a few. It's a lot. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's a tug of war, you know, and, and I, I'm assuming the stimulus package that they passed will at least make things a little bit easier. Yeah. For business, I, I'm hoping. Well, the, the, um, I'll tell you what the best thing, and, and we don't, and we'll leave it on this episode. We'll leave it at this. Um, we don't, we don't pat politicians on the back enough and everything. Um, but I'll say this: the idea, whoever wrote in this bill that is going to be passed, presumably on Wednesday, that small businesses can take a basically a grant from the federal government that, you know, for whatever you need and to keep going provide, and you don't have to pay it back provided you keep your employees on the payroll. Mm -hmm. If you don't lay people off, you don't have to pay it back. That's as brilliant an idea has ever been constructed in legislation in my mind as possible. Here's my only concern. This is the only thing I care about. You're going to pass this bill. That's going to help people. Mm -hmm. Don't, Help the people that don't need to be helped. So if you're a business owner and you're wealthy, make sure the money gets to the right people. That's my fear in all this is that, and I'm not, but we've been talking about Josh Harris a lot, but I'm not paying. He's a billionaire for a reason. He doesn't need the, he doesn't need the extra. But there are people, but that's the way they got to be Josh Harris. Right. By paying somebody maybe less than they had to be paid. Or I'm just hoping in all this, that the people who are making the ten dollars an hour, who 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 work two jobs, to to put you know to to get their families through the week, right? I'm hoping that they're the ones that this actually benefits because, like I said, Kevin, I think we're in this for the long haul. I do too. I don't think this is this is like if you ask me in a perfect world, I'm talking like like I'm look I'm supposed to go on three vacations this year. I may not go on any of them. Yeah. Um, and so be it. That that. Yeah, I mean, am I going to get sick about being cooped up in my house? We all are. Um, but it, I'm looking at, from an optimistic standpoint for me, I'm looking at, like, towards the end of the summer before we're really starting to see the light, before we're really starting to maybe be able to get back to a little bit of normalcy, whatever that means. What, what, maybe that means you can have four people over to your house yeah. for dinner or or 
Just watching you a know, ball game. I don't know what it means. The diner opens up again. I mean, I got to be honest with you. Like, if, if a month from now, they opened up the Liberty Bell Diner. I said, okay, it's okay. Would I want, my, my wife might get mad. She gets mad at me for going around the corner to, to the grocery store. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and we're all, and there are some people who just dive right back in. And maybe they're the right ones. Maybe, yeah. And then there are going to be some people. And, and you know, the last couple yeah. weeks, I mean, I've been doing stuff the day before they shut everything down. I went down to the diner and ate, yeah. you know, and I'm looking around and, you know, you walk in the grocery store and you're, you're looking around. But like somebody asked me yesterday, I don't know if it was you or somebody, asked me, like, was I, was I scared? When I went into my shop, right, which somebody has just tested positive over mm-hmm. here, like last week. Yeah, and I honestly wasn't scared. And my mom and works. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like my mom works at an Acme. Um, she works on the pharmacy, and uh, I can tell you, you know, the last couple of weeks have I had my concerns? Absolutely, sure. And the people who, and we'll leave it at this before we. Uh, uh, before we say goodbye, uh, the people who I admire the most are people who know the risk and still keep doing it. And look for people who work in a supermarket, people who work, you know, obviously doctors and nurses. And I think about those people every day, every day. And and my father was a police officer and he just naturally knew what the risk were uh, whenever he walked out the door. And, you know, we live, both of us live near, um, uh, uh, Corporal O'Connor here. Um, yep. He actually literally is right around the corner from me, or his family is. I mean, those people live with that every day. And it's sad that it takes incidents like this and what happened to Corporal O'Connor and 9 11 and all that to realize that we all kind of work together as a group. And but I that's think, the world we live in, Kevin. We take things for granted every single day we step out of our door. Yeah. We and, just do. And it's not our fault. It's just, you know, I will tell you right now, when time at the end of the year does their persons of the year, I guess they, it's over. The persons of the year are the people you just talked about. Yeah. Nurses, the, doctors, the people working public in servants. Health, yes. It's done. It's done. I don't care what. Trump or Biden or Cuomo or anybody does the rest of the year. There's one there's one other candidate here. Dr. Fauci. Yeah, but what I'm saying is he correct he wouldn't want it anyway. Right. What I'm saying is the, the nurses and the doctors mm-hmm. and the, the all those people who are trying to deal with all these issues yeah. and putting their lives on the line for us, mm-hmm. they're like soldiers. Yeah. They they really are. It, to me, there's no way we can ever repay them. No. There's no way. None. There, there's just there. There's no way. Nope. Um, that's just the way it is. You know. Well, Michael, um, we'll, we remind everybody we also have a second podcast this week. It'll be Keith Jones. I'm, uh, you know, and we're gonna have fun with that one. So, uh, hope you listen to the second podcast as well. But our thanks to Mike Silski. Our apologies to Dr. F- uh, Joel Giordano Farmer, who was going to join us. But we'll get her, ne- we'll get her we'll, next week. We'll get her next week uh, to talk some of the public health issues. And hopefully we'll have a little better news, um, although it may not be that way. We're, we're going to try to keep you entertained. We'll, we'll I just tr- realized it's noon and I haven't eaten yet. Okay. Well, go eat. You know you know a jack-in-the-box drive through that's open somewhere? <laughs> I think in Poughkeepsie. <laughs> so... <laughs> 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 <laughs>
right, Michael. All right. Take care, buddy. Everybody. Thanks for joining us here on Work in the Beat. Well, you went uptown riding in your...